check, check. One, two, check. Mic's on. From the world of education to you, my name is Dr. A. Our show is all about finding your voice by connecting our community through collaboration. All right, welcome back to another edition of Mike's On. This is episode 27, and I've uh, been able to, to reach around the corner to a parent here at Selvage, but also a fellow educator, which I'm really kind of excited about that piece of it, because uh, in this time that we're in right now, I'd like to hear some thoughts from some other fellow educators about what's going on. Uh, Mr. Chris Aarons, can I call you Chris, or do I have to be real professional? Chris Chris will work for you? All right, good. Chris works just fine. Because that's what I'm going to do. So so how are you, sir? How's the summer treating you? I'm doing well. I think the summer is going like pretty much everyone else is going for. It's been a big adjustment. This was supposed to be our long summer as Missouri was changing the school calendar and it certainly feels long, but not in the <laughs> sense I was hoping for. Yeah, right. Um, but you've had some cool things happen over the summer. I think I saw somebody just got their permit, huh? Yeah, my daughter <laughs> just got her permit. We've driven. We took her driving right away. She's like, you want me to drive now? And I'm like, jump right in. Why would we get it? How so, build the confidence. So what, uh, when was the first time that you were in the car with her and she was driving? So we've actually visited your establishment. We've been driving a little bit in the Selvage parking lot in that prior to it. But then when she got her permit, um, I took her, I drove across Manchester Road. And then once we got in the subdivisions, I pulled over and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, you're driving. You might as well start now. uh, And what was that like for you, huh? (laughs) It was... It was interesting. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but you still get these moments. Yeah, like <laughs> you're used to being in control, and suddenly she's there, and you know she's very nervous about crossing the middle sure. lane. So we we love our mailboxes, but <laughs> we've avoided them all so far. Yeah, I mean it's it, and she's your oldest, right? She is my oldest. Yeah, so um, we're just a couple years ahead of you in that regard, in terms of kids driving and stuff, and we have one who will be turning. 15 in uh, 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 September. So uh, I get the feeling it's, it's really crazy to see your kid get behind the wheel. I mean, it's like, wait a minute, how did this happen? <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's like, I mean, it feels like yesterday they were crawling into their own car seat in the back seat, you know, when you got there. Now they're going, my hope is if I teach her well enough that she can teach the other one pass it on down yeah right um and so you guys have two kiddos is that correct two kids so yep. you got a boy and a girl and and uh i have to ask did you uh have you done any coaching of your kids have you done any uh basketball or baseball or anything like that as far as did you i have i've um uh, i've coached i coached lauren first basketball first grade all the way through eighth grade yeah and then she she gave that up she wants to concentrate her real passion is dance right and then i've been coaching luke's basketball and his baseball team since first grade and so now we're well i guess he's going into seventh so we're quite i guess i've been going on like 10 years coaching basketball or something i coach a couple of his teams so did you coach anything within schools at all or has it always been your kids it's just been my kids i grew up in illinois um and they actually have organized school basketball programs in the middle school level and that you know you play other schools and there's a state tournament and all that so when we moved to missouri you know living with kids that's been like a i mean i'm used to it by now but it's different here like we don't do that we don't have there's no salvage basketball team or anything of that sort 
Right. So, so yeah, so it's just been on my own. We created, we do one team in Rockwood and Parkway, and then we created a team we call Hickory after Hoosiers. Oh, nice. We play in CNR and that. So, uh, what's the experience been like for you? You've been doing it a while now. You know, think about yourself when you first started coaching and where you are now. What what all have you learned and grown from in terms of being a coach, especially your oh, own yeah. kids? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you learn that your own kids are, in many ways, some of the hardest to coach in that. Because I think that they're looking at you and they think that you're picking on every little thing that, that you're doing, and, you know, and they're like, oh, you're always pointing this out. And I'm like, no, this is what you need to do but you learn how to i think it's helped being an educator in that right like being able to relate to the kids you know and kind of put it in terms that they can understand and motivate them. and a lot of it's with the um positivity and that like you can't show your frustrations and you have to stay you know stay calm and i just really enjoy it in that and i certainly wouldn't do it if i did enjoy it i don't like it's kind of pretty much like teaching for me too like I would have a hard time doing something that I didn't enjoy, you know, for like a career or season or whatever, obviously. Well, and you, uh, like you kind of were a basketball player too, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I played, um, I played in high school and then the latter part of high school, cause I wasn't what you would call the greatest in that. So after sophomore year, me and a bunch of buddies, we went and played in like the CYC leagues and that, and we had, we had a lot of fun. And then doing it that way. And then college, my wife would tell you that I played too much my <laughs> freshman and sophomore year before I had to really settle down and focus on the academics. So was that still like rec, though? You were still just picking yeah, yeah, pick up like games? And... We would, yeah, we would Because you're still doing play. that, Chris, aren't you? I mean, you're we st- are. <laughs> we, we're still doing it. Well, we're a bit on hold because of the Right, right, but right. Been, otherwise, I'm playing. I was playing three, three mornings, four mornings a week up at the point. Oh boy! So you'd do that before you'd uh, go into work? Yeah, we would get up there and play at five fifteen to six thirty in the morning. Oh boy! Three, three weekdays a week, and then we play Saturday morning. That's a lot. It, it's fun. It's a. It's but a that's your workout, I guess. That's what you. Yeah, that right? would be my workout, and it's easy. And then your nights are freer. How many guys are with you? How many guys are usually playing? We usually have um, four on four or five on five, and we have a great group of guys with about 12 guys in the pool because everybody can't always make it, so we kind of fill it all in nicely. Yeah, that's cool. And is it mostly guys from around here, parents that that, uh, come here to salvage at all? It is. So, you know, a few of my buddies from Werther, and that we actually started it, we were at a Girls on the Run practice 5k and a bunch of us were sitting around we're like you know we should start playing basketball and we started new ball and park and then we eventually moved to the point and then other people have invited other people and you know i met a lot of you know dads that are in like luke's grade but they have daughters and that so we don't normally cross paths and that so i would say probably over half the people i play with have kids you know at salvage right now so um, one of the things that uh, intrigues me, and I talked about it right at the beginning, was the fact that um, you also are an educator. Um, where do you teach and what do you teach? So I'm at Bernard Middle School in Melville, and I teach eighth grade social studies. And I've been in Melville my whole career. So let's see, I started in 98, so we're going on 
23, 20, 24 years yeah. there. So eighth grade social studies all the time. Okay, so has it always been through Bernard? I was at Oakville Middle to start with. Okay. And then in 2002, they built a new school, Bernard Middle School. So yep. I applied to go over there. And I've been at Bernard ever since they've opened. So, I mean, even though probably, that's, that building's uh, uh, what, tw- what, about 15 years now, probably? Is that how old that building yeah, is? About 18 years old. Yeah, I mean, it still looks like a pretty brand new building, doesn't it? Feel it like does. that? They've, yeah. re- they've kept up with it well, and the rooms are nice and spacious. There's probably about eight to ten of us left that started when the building opened that are still there. That's kind of cool to be able to open a building. Was there any um, kind of snafus opening the building? Uh, there were there were lots of snafus <laughs> opening the building. <laughs> like, did and, you guys you get know, to start on time and that kind of thing? We did start on time. There was some confusion with the science rooms and our science classrooms. Didn't have any desks in the beginning. So I remember <laughs> the kids were sitting on, they got carpet squares donated. Oh, they were boy. sitting on those for a couple weeks until the desks got in. And then it was a big project opening up the school. And overall it went really smooth. All, none of the snafus really impacted like the start of it or the education, right. just little things here or there. I opened a building when I first started teaching, it was an elementary school and uh, the kitchen wasn't completed and, but they still wanted to be able to start school on time. Well, we ended up, they actually pushed us back a little bit um, and only our school uh, didn't start on time with the rest of the district. And then so oh. we, we ended up having to do Saturday school for a little bit, which was quite interesting. And then once, once we got into the building, the kitchen was still not really completed. So then they had to, like, uh, bring over the lunches and stuff because that was the big deal was the, the fact that the kitchen wasn't ready. But, yeah, that's interesting when you have to be a part of something like that. Not all of us get to be a part of opening a building. So I just I, I kind of figured there was going to be some kind of silliness that goes on when you open a building. Oh, yeah, it's, it was exciting. And they allow school choice, and so everybody mm, wanted to go to the, the new, new school. The new school, yeah. So my first year at Bernard, I had my class sizes were 33 and 32. For all my classes were either 32 or 33 kids in a class because so many kids wanted to go there, which, as you know, is rather quite high. Right. Right. So um, had you always known that you were going to be a teacher, or is it something that, that kind of you fell into? How did that all play out? So it really so I went to Parkway West High School, and it really started there. I had a couple of high school history teachers, um, Jim Gemmicker and Larry Stogsville, and I still remember, and I they just really had an impact on me. Like they really made history a lot of fun and exciting and that, and they had something called um, cadet teaching, Mm -hmm. which is basically like you're just like a teacher helper, you know? And so I did that. But then when I was going to college up at Truman, I was like, uh, you know, and you know, I don't know if I want to do teaching. They don't make a lot of money. You know, I want to do business. So I went up there as a business major and uh, freshman week, we had to go sit through meetings in our major, I guess you would say. And the first one I went to, it was so not exciting for me that I actually switched my major the first week from business to history and went on the teaching track. 
So is that uh, where you met your wife then? Because you said she she said you played way too much basketball. I did. I met her up there in that. So we were in Missouri Hall, and she's a year younger than me. And the year after my freshman year, Missouri Hall became co-ed. And so we had to move out of our room. We didn't get the same room because our wing became the uh, female wing. So we got moved. So when we got back, I went over to check out the old room, and she was in it. But it took us a while to actually... It took her a while to come to realize, I guess you would say, how great I was and that it wasn't an instant thing at all. That's so funny. Hey, so um, let's kind of fast forward to today and, and things that are that are happening around us. So, you know, you and I talked a little bit before we got on. You know, we just had a board meeting and our board approved a hybrid schedule. So um, I know you have kind of mentioned you, you feel pretty comfortable about a hybrid schedule for, for your kids. Yeah, I do. We're excited about the hybrid schedule. I know it comes with controversies. You know, everyone's got their own opinions. But as far as my, our family's personal take on it is we want our kids to be able to be in school, you know, have face-to-face instruction as long as possible. And everyone's worried about when flu season hits, you know, what's going to happen to school. Are we going to, because the symptoms are so similar in that. And so... I believe that hybrid gives us a chance to stay in school the longest without the schools having to shut down. So we're pleased with that. We're very happy that Rockwood's going to require masks. We happen to believe that masks help, you know, cur- curb the spread and can be not 100%, but, you know, greatly lowers the risk. And then and so that makes us comfortable. So. We're in the please category for how it's being handled. So I'm glad to hear that. So you and I don't have to get into big debates about uh, the schedule and all that good stuff. But what can you tell me about, from the parent perspective, but what can you tell me about from your perspective as a teacher in your own district, what what you guys are going through? And So we have not announced our plan yet. Ours is going to come out August 7th, they said. But we're looking at all the same. Same you know, options. I'm saying that all these school districts are going off of what, you know, the public health says, you know, and Dr. Page and all that. So I imagine we're going to wind up in the same spot. As an educator and a teacher, I really hope that we can start with the hybrid and not have to start virtual because starting virtual well, it has a number of logistic issues. But the big thing is I want to be able to connect with my students and face-to-face and meet them and, you know, and get to know before we have to go. Going virtual was hard in the spring, and I know it's going to look completely different for everybody because that was an emergency situation. But the one thing that wasn't hard is I already had that connection with all my students. Right. And so it was so much easier in that regard. And that's what I that's what I want to make sure we have, hopefully, I mean, that's what I hope happens. Well, and, we and then, you know, with that, though, is let's say we do start, you know, in the, in the buildings, get to know kids, and then have to pull the plug and everybody has to go online. That would be difficult just as it, just as it was in the spring, but at least you're able to start to get to know the kids a little bit and, and that kind of thing. So I totally get what you're saying there. But I, I, I think we're all looking at, what are going to be the possibilities? Because it can be, uh, you could choose online, you can choose hybrid, but then what if we're forced to actually do online, you know, and that, that's going to be the thing, I think that really, uh, 
I mean, that defines the way things are, you know, and, and we, I don't know, it's tough to, to think about starting the year online for sure. For sure. And I got, um, you know, and Dr. Page came out today and said, you know, it's, if things don't improve, essentially he's going to make all the schools start online. And I got a text from someone that said, if all the schools have to start online, what will I chose in person now I'm online look like compared to I chose virtual from the get-go? Will those look different? Will they look the same? I mean, it's a lot of questions that in Melville, at least, it'll be two separate programs. Right. And I'm, I don't, I assume Rockwood, but I'm not familiar with it because we weren't going to choose the virtual. But, you know, if you sign up for virtual, you're on a program because the other one can go back and forth. Well, and I think if, like, for for instance, if everyone is online, then then I think it's a little more clear in terms of the staff and what needs to happen uh, because uh, you're able to, everybody, like, I always think about the elective classes and what that might look like because I think you'll still be able to have all of those classes, but if you... Like, if right now you're choosing online, I don't know if by chance every elective will be able to be offered online, right? Because right. We, we, we only have one fax teacher, you know? So that fax teacher either has to teach online or has to be in person. And I don't know that we could go to launch, which is the, the virtual learning um, curriculum that we use uh, through Springfield, that we would be able to have someone come in and teach facts online, right? So, I don't know. I do think that that um, we've got a lot of questions that are going to hopefully be answered within the coming days and weeks, but I do know that I feel like things change moment to moment, day to day, and certainly week to week, because what we were talking about two weeks ago already looks different today, and that's right. the tough stuff. So, um, well, so... So one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, you know, you talked a little bit about relationships that you get to build with kids. You know, I, I think I, I, I kind of know what kind of teacher you are in terms of building relationships because I see you as a parent and know the, the kind of funny stuff that you do. Um, uh, and one of the things that I want to bring up is I, I did see quite a, a an awesome take on The Office, but... Uh, but uh, <laughs> from the teacher lens and you took some time to put that together. That was pretty cool. Your, your office episode that, that you and your colleagues put together, what made you do that? <laughs> we have, there's, um, there are two guys, Jeff Stevens, who is, he was the Melville teacher of the year. Actually I give a little plug for him and he made it to the regionals and now he's competing for state. I don't know if he'll listen through this, but that's a good <laughs> thing. And, and Kurt Gewinner, and that, so these two guys came to Bernard like two years ago or something, and they're in my department. I'm the department chair, and so I've been talking with them. And I'm a big fan of the office. They're a big fan of the office. We all are similar maturity levels, I guess. For <laughs> well, we're all here's word. the thing people need to understand that middle school educators are all about the same maturity <laughs> level. <laughs> That's right. And so, you know, we're always in our conversations, we're always quoting the office and all that. And it just started with, you know, we should we should make, you know, office themed videos, you know, related to social studies and that. And it started with our very first one. We did lazy social studies, (laughs) which was a takeoff of lazy Scranton (laughs) and that that Dwight and Michael did. And then so we've done some different songs that we've recorded. We made 
different video office style videos about what it's like. We call them the social studies chronicles. And a lot of our students will like sing the songs back to us. And like when we see them passing in the hall, and it's really kind of taken a, we, a little bit life of its own, but it shows that we don't take ourselves too seriously. And we like to have fun and it's a way to, you know, just kind of connect with the kids and be silly. But quite honestly, we would do it even if nobody watched. In fact, if you look, if you look at the YouTube views, we're pretty much pushing nobody watching. But we still do it because we enjoy it. Well, I did get to sit in and watch it, and 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 just thought, wow, you guys took some time, and and uh, and there's a little bit of effort there too because. Uh, Editing isn't an easy thing, too. I mean, being able to get it on the first take, I thought that was hilarious, some of the outtakes, too, because I think you had some of that in there, too. It's been a while since I've seen it. But but the other thing I wanted to ask you about was um, within the last few years, you were recognized by Y98 as uh, the high-flying teacher. And, and tell me a little bit about that and what that was all about. So that was that was crazy because I had no idea it was happening. <laughs> and it was it was one of those things where our lunch they set it up for lunch and the um they told me that our district PR guy was gonna come up and ask me some questions and so he's hanging out right before lunch. Was he gonna ask and, you questions about social studies? Is that yeah, what like because I hear stuff. you in the video say this isn't about social studies. Yeah. And social studies is something. So he's in my room and the bell rings for lunch and he stays. And so I go, I'm going to go get my lunch. And then I go into my, get the lunch. We go to the science room and the science teacher's there. And I'm like, this guy's still here. I go, you think he's going to stick with me through lunch? And I come, I'm trying to be polite. You know, I mean, he's a higher up. And then, so I come back and, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to, yeah, I go, I'm going to eat. They only give us 20 minutes or so to eat. He goes, oh, that's fine. I'm just going to hang around if that's okay. And then a call comes through and they're like, we need you to come down to the cafeteria. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm about to, you know, get volunteered for stuff. I mean, actually, I love being volunteered for stuff. And so I'm walking down there and then that's when it kind of clicks. And I walk in and there's a bunch of people there and there's, you know, he's got a, his camera going as I'm walking down the steps and I'm like, okay, something's up here. Yeah. But the, it was a parent of a student who I had the previous year, I actually yeah. had her son this yeah. year too, um, who had nominated me and this kid, he was a, he was, I, I love this kid. He was fantastic in that he had, um, you know, you know, you know, you know, he helped him and everything, but he loved the president's. And all that. And so he wasn't always so much into, you know, always doing all of his work, but he would talk your ear off for the presidents and that. And so we really connected in my class and I would, you know, I would be, and he got excited about coming to my class and I would, my relationship with the kids and then I'd be like, um, his name was Ryan. I'd be like, you know, Ryan, you know, Ricky over here thinks he knows more about the presidents than you do. He's like, oh, that cannot be. And we would hold impromptu presidential trivia things for a couple minutes. And it was just the way he really, apparently he really enjoyed it. And he talked a lot to his mom about how he'd be excited to come to school and how much he really liked my class. And she wrote a really nice letter recommend, you know, recommendation for me. And she read it there and she was kind of tearing up while she was reading it and cameras are on me and the, all the eighth grade was there watching me and it was like <laughs> hard to a, keep your composure really cool isn't it moment, but then it was like kind of uh, yeah it was and then then i get up there to receive this award 
And then they put the the microphone in my hand yep. and say, "Here, why don't you say a few things?" And it's I was hard, like, oh, huh? Man. Yeah, I wasn't really prepared, so I stumbled through some stuff. But it was a really touching moment. And did then, you did you have any idea that that was coming at all? Though, I mean, had you known that you were nominated or anything like that? I had no idea at all. That's crazy. And it was a Friday, so I was in jeans, but yeah. the central office people were there. And afterwards, my buddy that works there, he said that he knew, and he told the principal, he goes, you know, he's going to wear jeans tomorrow. You know, he'll be dressed down a little bit because it's a Friday. Should we give him a heads up? And she was like, no, jeans won't be an issue or anything. You know, let it be a full surprise yeah. so we could see the look on his face. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, when that happens, it really does put you in a place. And, rec- it, and hopefully it – because – as teachers, we don't always get to see the fruits of our labor, right? Because most of the times our kids are with us and then they move on. And if we're lucky, they do come back and check in with us and see how we're doing. You were able to, to be recognized in the moment, and that's pretty cool. So can, kudos to you because it doesn't get to happen all the time. No, it doesn't. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. It was. It was really a, it was really a neat moment in that to experience. Yeah, so um, your own kids are, are, are in middle school and high school, right? And uh, what are your hopes for them as they continue through? Because we know that things are going to be different some way, some shape, some form, you know, as we head into this school year. But then looking beyond, you know, you've got yourself someone who's going to be through high school very shortly. Uh, they happen very quick. What I noticed was as soon as our oldest got his permit, it just started flying by. I'm actually kind of thankful for this moment because I feel like it's made us all slow down and and really be able to have some time with our kids because I've got a senior now and he's out at the end of the year. And I know we talk a little bit about the Pisonis and, you know, they got to see David off. And, and uh, you know, these next few years are going to fly by. What, what are your hopes for your kids as, as they get through all this? I know. I mean, it's... It, it is a it's an exciting time. It's a fast time. My daughter started looking at, you know, informally because right. she's still just going to be a sophomore. But looking at colleges and you know thinking about what she wants to do right now. She thinks she wants to be a teacher, you know, go on to be a teacher in that. And uh, my son's a little bit young. He's because she was looking at colleges. He's looking at colleges, but he's mainly looking at which ones have good basketball yeah, right. programs, so <laughs> so his team can win March Madness. Yeah, right. Sort of thing. And that, but you know, we really hope. You know, my wife and I talked. We really hope that the that they'll be. It almost sounds cliche, but you know, good, productive, independent citizens. You know, I mean, like they, you know, that they're going to be responsible. They're going to, you know, get a good job. We've been trying to raise them and teach them, you know, responsibility about money and not, you know, overspend and live in debt and all that sorts of, all those sorts of things that, you know, you just want, you, we try to impart on them, you know, the ideal, the reality, but also the ideal world coming out, you know, say when you get out of college and that, you know, you may not get the first, your dream job right, right away. But it doesn't mean you're not going to work till you get your dream job. You need to, you know, put the time in and, you know, stay responsible and keep up with the schoolwork and be a good, kind person. So I got to ask you, too, how do you guys handle technology in the lives of your kids, like cell phones and that kind of stuff? Do they have cell phones? 
They do, and that they got um, they got their cell phones when they got to middle school and that. So we're probably a little bit on the stricter side. We've eased up some, but they had screen time limits. Yeah, you know when they were um, well, they still have them now because right, right. yeah, and that you know when they were younger in that and you know we would limit them for you know in the beginning they would get just on the weekends or then you know 30 minutes at night you know on a weekday or something and then depending on how academics are going maybe that gets revoked or not but we did not want them just to be in front of a screen the whole time you know all the research says that's bad plus you can just i mean we could just see it in the kid you know when they're in front of the screen they get upset when it's going away yep one of my favorite memories of my son Luke is we were at church he didn't have his phone then and we were at church and we were at some evening function we were waiting for Lauren to finish and so he's just sitting with me on the sofa down there and he's like I'm bored can I play on your phone and I'm like no and then he goes well he goes this is boring I go well it's because you don't have any practice being bored yeah I go you need you need to practice it you know and then you'll be, it won't bother you so much. And so nowadays, my kids never tell me they're bored. Yeah, they're that's like, not a good idea. Be, and they're like, no, we don't need to practice it. We, yeah. And that, but, you know, they don't, in general, and I never had phones growing up And that. Of course, it was a different world. I right. did, you know, the outside was our playground. And certainly, I would leave in the morning and my mom wouldn't see me until lunch. And then I'd leave after lunch, and she wouldn't see me till dinner. And right. That'll never. I mean, I would not feel comfortable letting my kids do that today. I know. And that, but it's so I feel for them in that sense. But it's also you can't just live with the past. You know, we're adjusting. But I think it's important to limit it. In that, you know, we they're limited. There's certain apps and social media yep. stuff that they cannot go on, and they have to prove that they can handle it first. Well, and then I- we always maintain the right to you know we tell them the phones are ours yep we can look through your phone whenever we want yeah so don't get used to it yeah sometimes we randomly will and that that's always a fun game to play isn't it (laughs) it is generally it's pretty boring in that but yeah start start looking and you kind of just to mess with them (laughs) yeah if they look nervous or not you know if you need to keep going or not yeah right yeah try not you know it's funny because for us as um being in the middle school, I've had to uh, look at the way in which we do technology, and, and I've decided that our kids aren't going to have a real cell phone until they're out of middle school. So they've had, like, iPods, and they've been able to get on Wi-Fi stuff, but even that is something that, uh, you, you know... Either either you're giving into the technology or you're not is the way I look at it because an iPod is just the same as a cell phone really, and and, right. and so I've really had to uh, work through with my wife and my kids on how we're going to do it because I've seen just too many things, Chris, at the middle school level that really makes me nervous about what the kids are seeing and doing, you know. Oh, and we hear, you know, I, I agree. And I've, you know, I've had all my experience with eighth grade because that stuff comes into the school. It doesn't have to happen at school because it can happen outside of school and then it's affecting kids <sighs> in school. And now it's the school's business and, you know, all that sort of thing. And it's, you know, we have a number of, 
you know, rules with that and, you know, that we, we hammer them on and such. But, yeah, I get it. Well, it's so hard because I think the kids, especially when they're just in front of the screen, they don't recognize that there's another person on the other side of that screen sometimes that you're talking to, whether it's a text or a Snapchat or however they do it. Um, and, and that's probably what's the hardest part about what we're going through right now is we don't get to have the social interaction that we've been having up to this point, up until really March 13th, you know? And so I totally understand where people are coming from when they say, I need my kid to be socialized and be around other kids and this kind of stuff. And, and I'm right there too. I just want to make sure we're all safe when we do it. So I'm hopeful that this hybrid thing will be able to fly for us and we'll be able to uh, have the kids in. And the, the nice thing is about our school, and Chris, I don't know how many kiddos are at Bernard. We're going to be pushing close to 700 this year. we got big groups coming through. So you're about the same size as us, really. I mean, you're, you're, uh, we're at, we always fluctuate between 650 and about 680 right now. Um, when I first started here, we had 900 something kids. And you talk about, I mean, that was a lot of kids in this building. That is a lot of kids. And then even when we got down to about 800, it, it, it still was a lot, but, but 700 has been our kind of sweet spot. And I feel like that's most manageable, to be honest with you, where it's not so many that you're, trying to you know you're a dog chasing your tail it's more along the lines of uh being able to separate out a little bit with this reduced capacity it means you know right away if we just do half it you know it's going to be about 300 and something kids which that will be a lot easier for us to deal with but i also just know that it's not the easiest thing on families because of care for kids and that kind of stuff so i feel like nobody's in a good spot with all of this and we just need to stick together and make sure we're doing whatever's best for our kids. And that is really talking them through all the things that they're going through. Um, so the kids having a good summer, though? They are. They're having they're having a good summer. They're eager to, you know, they're like, I'm actually excited to go back to school. You know, they're, they're eager, like you just said, for all the social interaction. And, that you know, and you talked about this hybrid and they're splitting up alphabetically. That worked out great for Luke yeah. because all of his friends or his good friends are all in A through L, huh? <laughs> and my daughter, all of her friends are the opposite. Oh. That. And so when she was in eighth grade that with you guys yeah. and that she got placed on the team opposite all of her good friends. So she was not. And then I'm like, all right, you know, and she knows better than to ask us to try to call the school and change yeah. it. They're like, you know, you're just going to deal with it. You know, I go, this will be good practice. And so now when she sees that coming up this time, I go, you remember when eighth grade, yeah. you were opposite all your friends and you thought this was going to be the end of the world and so bad. I go, what if all that was just preparing you for this? Yeah. That you could handle it now, you know, and you're going to be just fine. And so, and that, so they're, they're excited to get back, you know, some activities, so or, she's, you know. she's probably bummed, though, that her friends won't be there. But I think, you know, like our kids are actually feeling pretty good about the idea of having it be both, you know, um, a little bit of school, but also a little bit of being at home and having to work, too. So and I and I try to tell people, too, I think that this is also preparing them for college because that's exactly how it's looking now where you're doing some of it online and you're doing some of it in person it's not right. all seated classes you get your work and then you go home and and do your work it's it, it's both so um i'm hopeful that 
you know, as we continue through this, it's, it's not going to be the norm, but it certainly will help us to uh, be more acclimated to a, a way of doing things that, you know, we all need to, I mean, I think it's interesting when you talk about that boredom piece for our kids. I think they probably had their fill on being bored uh, during the course of the summer. Um, but I do think that uh, they uh, it never hurts. I do think that there's been a lot of, for us, I know our kids have probably felt a lot of uh, creative moments because of the boredom, you know. And uh, the hard part is the technology is right there. And so it can keep them from being bored too. And so you really do have to limit it. So I appreciate you talking to me a little bit about that. So, um, you guys got any big plans before you, you, you come back to school at all, or you guys have you, let me ask you this and you don't have to get all, you know, go out of the country or anything like that, but have you guys been able to do some things as a family? So we've, we canceled our trips and that we had a, we had a spring break trip that we were going to go out to Disneyland and California and do some parks. And so that was, that was a stressful week because that was when it was all breaking down, Uh you know, break, you know, on on Monday we're like, we're still going to go. And then I think it was on Wednesday that they started canceling sporting leagues. Yes. And I'm like, all right, this isn't going to happen, you know? And so we canceled that and. We would actually be on vacation this week. We were supposed to go up to Boston and then drive up through Maine and all that. And we're, you know, my wife works at St. Luke's Hospital, and you know, she's like, the risk are too high. On top of that, Maine, you have to get a COVID test to get yeah. into the state, yeah. and all that. And Boston's all public transportation. I've been there, you know, and so those all just kind of got delayed in that. But we've been able to, you know. We still get outside and that, and my brother's got a pool. Oh, that's good. His house. So we're able to, you know, get some, <laughs> you know, some swimming in that. That's and, good. And then, so we're making the most of it. And you mentioned about, you know, the boredom and that. Even my daughter realizes, you know, when she gets bored, she goes, you know, she goes, I know when school starts and I get buried in all the homework from all. <laughs> You're going to wish you were bored. She, she, she goes, I'm going to miss some of these days. Yeah. She goes, if only we could have balance, a little bit of balance. Yeah. She goes, it's either all of something, all of one or all of the other. Right. And that, cause virtual learning for her was, I mean, she was wall to wall. Yeah. And that with her teachers and, yeah. that, and, and she did well in that. And she really liked, you know, Mr. Severy at the high school. He's pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, he is. I went to I went to grade school with Mr. Severy, so that's kind of that's kind of cool for me to see Scott doing so many good things with the kids up there. And I know he probably endears you a little bit because he's a social studies teacher. Oh, he, he <laughs> does, and that and the best compliment my daughter paid him was, you know, she had friends in the other um, honors history class, and she's like, their class is so much easier. I could have an easy A if I was in that class. And I'm like, do you wish that you were in the other one? And she's like, no, because I'm learning so much with Mr. Severy, even if it's hard. Yeah. And that, and so that was a proud moment because it's like, okay, you're willing to put in the work, and you, you know, you realize, you know, and that, and she's gonna always, and I hope my son gets in, and she hopes she gets in when she gets to, I think he teaches AP also when yeah. she gets to that level and such. Yep. How's her experience been so far? You know, she's getting into sophomore year now, right? Uh, first year under the belt kind of a weird year all the way through um you know she she acclimated pretty well to the high school she did and then and so i've been going through the no, not nearly as personal because of my daughter but you know in eighth grade 
we take the eighth graders through high school preparation yeah. every year. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And we hear it all. And so, you know, I was telling her, we were, I was talking her through all that. And of course she had the same fear. Everyone does. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be know where my classes are. I'm going to get lost. I'm going to be late. I'm like, you're going to be fine. And so we took her, I took her up one day last year before school opened, just the building was open, you know, so there's me and her, I mean, there are other kids there and we, I let her walk through her schedule, yeah. you know, and just on her own. And that first day of school, she came home and I'm like, you have any trouble? She goes, not at all. She goes, it was so helpful to go up and walk through it all in that and just the, the anxiety and the nerves. So she did well with it in that and i mean that's one of the things you know not to you know just try to suck up to the host here and that but salvage <laughs> really salvage really prepared her well and you know and uh, mr blackford yeah and that you know he would do those dbqs mm-hmm. and all that stuff and she would complain you know like oh my gosh this is so hard and i'm like good you need more work to do and all that and all that stuff she's like she goes that all made everything so much easier when i got to high school and she talked about things they did in ela and math and so eighth grade at salvage really prepared her well good to hear high school you know going through Good to hear because, you know, the, the hard part is it's such a balance within middle school. You know, you're trying to get them from the, the elementary thinking up into and they, they change so drastically from the time they get here to the time they leave. Um, the big thing is just trying to make sure that the kids are practicing good habits that are going to help them as they get up into the high school. Right. And, you know, right, that yeah, being an eighth grade teacher, I mean, it's the same thing. Well, how do they feel about your class? <laughs> you know, they um, my classes they like my class. I like to think, and then I have a lot of kids, you know, that you know want to be in my class and all that sort of stuff. I'm sure everyone's not a huge fan of that, but I, we do a lot of things. I really the things that I think the kids won't be excited about as much. <laughs> I put like extra effort into talking it up and becoming a thing. We do um, you know, like double column notes and yeah. that. Those are like legendary in yeah. my class. <laughs> I'll put on the board, happy double column note Eve, and I'll be like, tomorrow's going to be like Christmas for you guys. You're going to do double column notes. And, you know, they have questions on one side, and I start off giving them the questions and teaching them how to find the main idea, and then I tell them the training wheels are coming off and there's no questions, and I'm like, I don't want to hold back your educational experience. And it becomes like a whole little a whole it's a game. Little deal. And then, yeah, it is like a game, and it's a, it's a lot of fun in that. So we have a lot of fun in my class. I like to you know, joke around with the kids and we do, I like to do creative projects and such to keep them, keep them engaged. And they, um, you know, just keep it real. They like to try to find, you know, mistakes when I make like, you know, on a writing on the board or in a PowerPoint or misspelling or something, just cause they love the excuses I come up with and I'll have something that'll be misspelled. There's no, like you spelled that wrong. And I'm like, you think that, but I'm teaching you about 1776. This is how they spelled back then. I'm trying to put you in the moment. And they're like, you always have something for everything. Right? And That's that. funny. So it's a lot of fun. We're laughing. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we get our work done and all that for sure. Well, Chris, listen, I really appreciate you taking some time to just kind of hang out and, and uh, go through what's where, what, where life is at the moment, you know, and... Um, but before we go, do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody? You know, because, you know, we, we have quite a few listeners out there. 
Yeah, well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, my favorite big guy, Mr. Mike Pizzoni. And that I mean, he was the you guys obviously you know him well. He was your host for your MCs and that. We played basketball there. He's just um, he's a good friend and that. He he likes to give me a lot of trouble (laughs) and that. But he speaks very highly of you and that. It was. Because of his positive experience, I was comfortable coming on here. <laughs> well, I'm and, glad uh, that it went well with Mike. And, uh, you know, we found, I mean, I learned quite a bit about Mike, not realizing that we have some connections in, in typical St. Louis style, you know. But, uh, you know, same here. You know, I, I, I appreciate just getting to know you a little bit better and taking some time to uh, let me ask you both personal and professional questions. Just I like to, to learn a little bit more about people. So it's been a, a pleasure having you, bud. And so I appreciate you being here. Well, I appreciate it. It's been a fun experience, and, you know, it's a pretty busy time right now, so I'm <laughs> glad I was able to carve a little time out for you. Well, yeah, I appreciate you taking that time, but uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off, so you got anything to say? This is where the mic's off. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Join us in the weeks to come as we learn and grow together.